You're listening to Group, a podcast about mental illness and mental health. This is the show for the Warriors. I have a friend who's a hypochondriac, always thinks he's sick, never is. The anxious folks. I got mental health issues. And the depressives. What are your hobbies? And I'm like, depression naps and froyo? For those of you who couldn't get out of bed this morning, we're here to encourage you to try again tomorrow. It's a process. For those of you who are feeling overwhelmed, we're here to offer a new perspective. Crazy is just a word people invented to keep the extra interesting people down. Our goal is to tell your stories, to make you laugh, and to give you an audio hug through your earbuds. I'm Rebecca Lee Douglas, and I'm an anxious person. And normally at this point in group, I bring in my pal, science journalist, Ian Chant, but he is mid-move across the country right now, so no Ian today. But I do have some pretty exciting news. Group is going to be going through some cool changes. We have episodes coming up about mental health in different communities, and we're doing a show on narcissistic personality disorder, which is pretty fascinating. And uh, we're working on an episode about finding a good therapist and about therapist breakups. So lots of other themes related to mental health and mental illness uh, with more information, more interviews, and more fun segments. So if you have an idea for an episode or if you just want to share your personal mental health story, send me an email. I would love to hear from you. Just go to grouppodcast.com and go to the contact page. We're also going to be transitioning to a first of the month release date. So instead of mid-month like we've been doing, So you're going to get a new group in about two weeks from today. But today I have a shorter episode for you. So group will remain in your hearts and your minds while we're going through these awesome changes. I've been thinking a lot recently about just like little things that you can do to help readjust your mood or feel better when your mental health is not at its finest. So I went to visit my buddy who I've known for about 10 years now. She is an awesome therapist and she is my personal friendipist. Catherine Drury. We had a great conversation about some basic, really easy things that you can do to feel better. I'm here at my good friend, brilliant therapist, uh, <laughs> Catherine Drury's home. So, hey, Catherine. <laughs> hey, Becca. Hi. Can you just tell the group listeners who you are and, and what you do? So I'm a clinical social worker in New York City. I've been um, practicing as a licensed social worker for six years now in New York. I'm also, like most New Yorkers, a pretty anxious person. And Becca and I talk a lot about our anxiety and how to manage our anxiety and just the stressors of life. And yes. it, is a, it is a thing that bonds us. Yes. So I thought it would be neat if we could share some basic mental health tips for when you're feeling you know, anxious or depressed or whatever, um, things to help you get back on track in that moment. Um, So maybe things that have worked for you, have worked for me, and then also maybe advice that you share with your patients. So the first thing that I like to do is make sure that all of my basic needs are covered, you know, if I'm freaking out. So like, if I'm having a particularly anxious day, sometimes I'll forget to eat lunch, you know, or or basic things like that. Um, You had like a bag of Skittles or cheese. Um, To make sure that I've had, that I eat real food. I mean, do you ever do that? I mean, that's something I'm very 
diligent about now. I need food every couple of hours or mm-hmm. I start to fall apart. And mm-hmm. Yeah. So like making sure that you've eaten, that you're like hydrated, right. you know, because yeah. <laughs> all, of, all of those things affect you. And then also like, am I tired? You know? Right. How did I sleep last night? Could that be part of why I'm feeling anxious or upset? And then also like, am I uncomfortable in a way that I'm not noticing because my anxiety is so bad, right? Like, do I have a headache, which is adding to this? Like, okay, well, maybe I'll take some Tylenol. Going back to like the physical self, sometimes like if someone's having like a panic attack or is feeling just really sad and inconsolable or anxious and, and panicky, doing something to tap into your five senses, a way to do that is to switch things up, is how I like to say it. So changing your body temperature. If you're inside, go outside, splash cold water on your face, changing the smells around you. So cooking something or using aromatherapy, something like that, Um, changing what you're hearing, just something that, that brings you back to the present and back to your body. So you're not in that cloud of your racing thoughts. Uh And I know you have like a little aromatherapy trick too, right? Yeah. I mean, I have kind of started playing around with it as a way to comfort myself and balance my own mood. It's not something I know a lot about. I know there are people out there who, you know, use aromatherapy for literally everything. Um, But I found this, it's like a blend of aromas that make you happy or essential oils that make you happy. No way. Oh, yeah. It has like sage and lavender and chamomile and stuff in it. Bergamot. That's like, I have some positive memories associated with bergamot so that's in there and that um it smells really good and where do you put it you just you like dab it on your wrists or on my wrists and like on my neck so then I can kind of smell it mm-hmm. and you've noticed that it like it makes a difference in your yeah, mood yeah it's it's comforting um like I said I'm just kind of starting to play around with it and then I I know for you you always talk about how important movement is also like yeah exercise and being active is a way that I kind of manage my mood and um, is definitely part of my Mm self-care. If you're like at work or something, would you just like tell your boss that you need to go for a walk and then go walk around the block or, uh, you know, do you go into the corner and do jumping jacks or like... (laughs) Whatever works for your environment. I mean, even just like walking to the bathroom or the kitchen or, you know, whatever space you have available to you. Yeah, I know for you too, dance parties and dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The first time I met you, you would just dance down Broadway. I know, I forgot about that. (laughs) I'm thinking like 10 years later, like I don't do that as often. And that's a little bit sad because that was really cathartic for me. And I loved doing that. Um, But if I wake up, and I'm I'm feeling like pretty down. Um, I will have like a mini dance party uh, by myself just for like three minutes in my room. Uh, usually I'll put on like sort of a, a punk rock song um, mm. and just like jam out or like the Pixies, just something that makes me feel like a badass like warrior lady. Yeah. Um, sometimes even like Kesha will work too if I'm in a particular <laughs> mood. Right. Or some sort of stupid club music. Yeah. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. I tend to lean more towards the hip hop realm and use mm-hmm. that is my dance party mm-hmm. music sometimes yeah if I'm having like not a great day at work I have a playlist of like Rebecca mood booster songs nice. and I'll just put them on and and go for a walk down Riverside Park just try and like listen to the music and channel like Kanye or Beyonce or whoever yeah music is really powerful and again it brings you back to one of your senses and 
I will say though, you know, like pick me up songs are great, but sometimes there is like also a need to just like have a sad song and like yeah. sit and cry. Not when you're in that, you know, really panicky, scary place, but just when you need to kind of be there with your emotions and, and move through them, having music there to keep you company can be comforting. Sorry, I'm. I have this aromatherapy stuff now on my <laughs> on my um on my wrists and on my neck, and I'm really digging it. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna put a link to it on the website so people can go check it out yeah. and get their own like calming <laughs> mix. Did we talk about breathing? No. Okay. That's an obvious place to go, right? Everybody talks about how important breath is yeah, when breathing exercises, particularly when you're feeling anxious. Mm-hmm. So uh, what sort of breathing exercises do you recommend for your patients? Um, the basic ones are like belly breathing, progressive muscle relaxation. Oh, yeah. Um, which is, I guess, different from breathing. but No, but that's great. That's I didn't really talk about this on our sleep episode, but that's something that really helps me to sleep is to do yeah. progressive muscle relaxation. Would you mind explaining what that is? Sure. So basically you move through different muscles throughout your body, typically starting from like your feet and moving all the way up to your head and neck. And you clench each muscle as tightly as you can and hold it for five, ten seconds and then let it completely relax. Um, and you're teaching your body what it feels like to, to feel tense and then more importantly, what it feels like to be relaxed and to be calm. Mm-hmm. I ha- actually have... Um a progressive muscle relaxation series that's free from Dartmouth's website, Audio Links, that I've been using for years. And they have a shorter version that I will sometimes use if I if I can't sleep and I'm having anxiety and I'm like, oh God, I can't commit to an hour of, of progressive muscle relaxation <laughs> because then it's going to be like four in the morning and... Yeah, so they have a, a shorter one and a longer one, both of which, you know, have, yeah, have been very helpful. Yeah, can be really helpful. Yeah, so I will, I'll post those on the website as well. And then back to the breathing, um, like making sure you're exhaling as much as possible. So again, you know, sort of you can try out different things and different things work for different people. But I will typically take like a short inhale and then exhale for a series of counts um you can also say a word that's comforting to you like calm or something while you're exhaling putting a hand on my chest and a hand on my stomach helps because you know if I breathe into my chest then like my shoulders get all tense and so like wanting to feel like my stomach expand and contract another thing that I've just been experimenting with recently is meditation which Mm. I had always thought of as like something that I just couldn't do like something that just my brain my active always like worrying brain would not be capable of but I downloaded that app Headspace yeah uh, which I uh, recommend that for a lot of clients oh really Headspace is is a really great app especially for people who like audio and listen to audio um you just plug in your headphones and you have like a guided meditation which is short it's accessible it's good for new meditators they give you a different one each day i've only been doing it for um a couple weeks now but it's been pretty great for me i would say yeah there's been a lot of new research lately on you know meditation and mindfulness Mm -hmm. and how important and helpful it can be in a lot of different ways it's definitely 
you know, something to, to sort of try out and experiment with. You don't want to get like frustrated or feel like you're doing a bad job, but Headspace is great because there are a lot of really yeah. short guided meditations that you can just kind of try on the subway or on your commute. Yeah. I'll do them, you know, during my lunch break at work just for a few minutes and it won't take up the whole time and then I'll feel like a little bit more relaxed at the end of it. One of the number one things going into it is to know that you can't be bad at it. Mm -hmm. The whole basis of it is to to do it without judgment of yourself. Weeks when I'm able to do it most days are definitely more productive and less harried. The resources I was talking about on, on this Dartmouth website with the progressive muscle relaxation exercises, they also have uh, free meditation, guided meditation, audio links. So Headspace is, is a really great app, but the there is a fee, I think, after like after a few downloads, you have to start paying. Whereas uh, this, uh, the Dartmouth website is free, so I will I'll, I'll post that as well to the group website grouppodcast.com. Another thing I know that you do regularly is talk to somebody or call a friend or, or check in with someone who knows you well, who you trust. Yes, I that is very helpful for me. I mean, if you have someone in your life who knows you well, who's understanding, I would recommend that. I mean. Not everybody is is a talker, so... Yeah, um, or, you know, sometimes friends and family aren't available, and so there's journaling and writing things down. Oh, yeah, I mean... Um, can for, be another way to kind of process your thoughts and get them out of your head. Yeah, for, for me, sometimes, like, my anxiety is just, like, a blur in my brain, and I don't really know even, like, what exactly I'm feeling anxious about. So, yeah, yeah writing things down has always been um, a very helpful way to sort of just collect my thoughts. And can sometimes help you to just sort of identify where the anxious or sad thoughts kind of started and came from. And even if that doesn't fix them or make you feel better, sometimes just that that knowledge of, of what it is that brought it on is soothing. Or... And then like, what is, do you do anything like at your office to, to make it a chiller, better place for you? Yes. Um, the first thing I did when I moved into my current office was get lamps because the overhead lighting is awful. Yeah. Um, so that makes a big difference. The fluorescent lighting is not like good for happiness. <laughs> not for my happiness. Yeah, not for me either, yeah. <laughs> you know, I have a lot of great photos on the walls or posters and just kind of things, you know, I like a clean environment. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's a lot of talk right now about like self-care. <laughs> you know, and being kind to yourself, <laughs> which like sometimes for me, I will use to justify like expensive purchases because <laughs> I'll feel like I deserve it. You know, like right. I'm, you know, I'm taking care of myself. Yeah, I've had a stressful week. This is this is good for my self-care. Uh, but do you have any like recommendations for less expensive or free like little self-care tricks? Well, with all of the things that we mentioned to do when you're feeling depressed or anxious, like I would suggest practicing them regularly mm -hmm. because if it's something you've never done before and suddenly you're having a panic attack and you're trying to do progressive muscle relaxation for the first time, oh, yeah. it's not going to be effective. <laughs> um, and so, you know, you, you try out different things and then whatever works for you, you do it regularly, you make it part of your routine. So then it's a natural reflex when you're feeling upset. And in terms of self-care, it's sort of similar. In cognitive behavior therapy, they talk about plan pleasant activities. Mm -hmm. um, so it's based on the idea that like 
pleasant activities and pleasant moments happen spontaneously in life and happen naturally and that's great but sometimes they don't happen as spontaneously or frequently as we need them to and so scheduling time in your week and in your day to do something that you know makes you feel happy whether that's like taking a hot bath or exercising or having a dance party Mm -hmm. or getting together with friends, making that just as important as eating meals, going to work, all of your other responsibilities. Okay, so we're going to be hearing a lot more uh, of Catherine in the future, <laughs> um, but I'm so I'm so happy to have you here. I'm Thank so you so much for, be for being a part of group. <laughs> hey friends, uh, I'm back again. Uh, it's all me today. It's all me. Uh, But before I wrap up, I wanted to give you a taste of the episode that we're going to be releasing in a couple weeks. Um, So I said at the beginning of the show that group's going to be doing a series of episodes on mental health in different communities. And the August podcast is focused on mental health in the transgender and gender nonconforming community. So it includes interviews with trans folks from all around the country different gender identities, different ages, different backgrounds. Um, They're all kind enough to share their stories with us. Growing up, I definitely had no representation of trans people anywhere. My first interaction with trans representation anywhere was through the internet. That was through porn. Um, Hypersexualized, hyperfetishized, sort of quote-unquote chicks with dicks, quote-unquote she-males. I'd heard stories of other transgender people at that point, you know, that had lost everything. One of the everyday slights that I get constantly when I come out to somebody as trans is, I never would have known. Now that sounds like it's a compliment, right? Uh-huh. But the truth is, what they're saying is, I don't see you for who you are. All the way up to discrimination, harassment, violence, that awful stuff. So it makes sense that trans people are at greater risk for depression, greater risk for anxiety, greater risk for suicidal ideation, greater risk for self-injurious behavior, greater risk for substance abuse. I got misgendered like 15 times in one week. My job ended up moving me to another area where I didn't have to deal with the public. I told them that, yeah, you either gotta move me or I'm gonna quit, you know, because this is messing me up. I went back to school to become a psychologist because I was tired of hearing the horrific stories that people would tell about the ways that they were treated by mental health providers. And I just said, something's got to change. And I learned at a very young age, in Girl Scouts, by the way, um, that if you wanna be, if you wanna fix something, you need to be part of the solution. So that's it for today. Subscribe to our show on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcast. If you subscribe, you'll be sure to get the new Mental Health in the Trans Community episode right when it's released on August 1st. Also, check out our website, grouppodcast.com, for additional content and resources. I'm going to be posting links to a bunch of the things that Catherine and I talked about during group today. The music in this episode is by The Losers, even though we are all winners. We'll be back on August 1st with a full episode, but in the meantime, get some rest be kind to yourself you're a dope person you're listening to a progressive podcast give yourself a hug everything is okay
Hey, while I have you, can I ask you a question? Shoot. What if he asked me if I've been married? Have you? No. Well, then say that. But then he'll wonder why I haven't been married. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna say that I was married. The real question is, should I say that I have kids? Guys like girls that have kids, right? Whoa. What if I get drunk and I talk about Darfur too much? Or not enough? What if I don't bring up Darfur enough? Leslie, relax. Yeah, okay. <sighs> I just have a few more questions for you, Anne. What if he shows up with another woman? What if one of my sleeves catches on fire and it spreads rapidly? What if, instead of Tic Tacs, I accidentally pop a couple of Ambien and I have to keep punching my leg to stay awake? Those are all insane hypotheticals and I promise you they won't happen. They have happened. All of these have happened to me.